It's Cat. Meow. And you're in for a treat. Straight out of the oven, it's Cinema Buns. Back with another hot, fresh take on film. Time for Cinema Buns. Let's dig into the bun, hun. You guys, are you losing your mind? I'm losing my mind. I'm so excited. Remember how I said there was a surprise on my last podcast? It was theme music. You guys, we have theme music now. I'm so excited. My incredible friend Britta made this wonderful theme music for us, and she can make theme music for you too, or intro music. I don't don't know what you call that. She is at BrittaRoseHorella.com. That's Britta, like B-R-I-T-T-A, Rose, like my sister's middle name, Horella, H-U-R-U-L-A.com. And I just, like, if I start thinking about it too much, I'm going to just, I'm so excited. I love that we have theme music now. Ah! Um, hi, who am I? Where have I been? So um, if you're hearing like a noise, it's because I'm not recording with my regular microphone and because my new apartment is basically a train station um yeah so it's super noisy here however it's much less noisy because i just like soundproofed the door with some foam i bought from amazon so it's better than it was but i'm hoping to get like a little podcast kind of studio thing set up soon so it'll be quieter and the reason I'm not recording on my regular microphone is because I'm using my new laptop, which is why it's been a while since I've uploaded, because I moved to a new apartment. I moved from Burbank to, like, West L.A., Santa Monica area. So I'm recording on a new laptop, and um, I'm probably only going to put up one more episode of season one of Cinema Buns. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to say how much I enjoyed the season, what wonderful feedback you guys have been giving me. Um, I've really been enjoying having the guests on here, chatting with different topics, just having a place to explore film, and it has been a blast for me. I hope you've been enjoying it too. This episode is going to be spoiler-free. I just want to do some catch-ups on what I have been watching since we spoke last, and then I think the last episode that I'm going to post maybe of the year, or maybe I'll post early next year, it's the end of December 2020 right now, um, will probably be a sort of year recap. So I want to try to get that done before the end of the year, but, you know, we'll see. Um, Okay, cool. So hope you guys are well. I think that was everything I wanted to cover. Um, Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some movies, you guys. Did you like that? That was one of the little transition sounds that Britta made for me. Um, Britta is the wife of my friend Tyler, who was on the horror poster episode, um, which was a lot of and Britta's great she does all kinds of music so again I'm going to link to her in the description but I asked for theme music to like start and I asked for end music so you'll get to hear that at the end of this and then little transition sounds of like the super 8 camera running with um like a little oven ding at the end isn't that cute okay you guys I love it okay so spoiler free just giving reviews of what I've watched but I'm not going to give like in depth about anything specific because Spoiler free. So to wrap up October, I think moving into November, I finally watched Warm Bodies, which came out in 2013, directed by Jonathan Levine. I was so excited to finally watch this because I listened to the audiobook version of the Isaac Marion book from 2010. 
I loved listening to this on audio. There was something just so dreamy and wonderful about hearing the narrator's voice. I know reading it is like a nice experience, but I really liked the man who did the audiobook had this incredible, very introspective voice. I know that's hard to describe, but it was so thoughtful and there was something very profound about his voice. And I just, I felt like I really, really connected and got to know that character. So I feel like you miss a little of that in the movie because you don't get quite as much internal narration, but they did a really fantastic job with still giving you some of that. And um, it was a fun time. I was really impressed because I, I was worried it wasn't going to live up since the movie is never as good as the book, but I was pleased with it. Still not the same as the book, but being its own thing, I think they did a pretty faithful adaptation and made a nice movie. Uh, the next movie that my wife and I watched was Yes, God, Yes. This came out in 2019, directed by Karen Maine. I guess it kind of did like a festival circuit. I think it must have dropped on Netflix this summer because we just heard about it this summer, my wife and, wife and I. Oh my gosh, do you hear that? This apartment is so loud. I'm sorry, I literally live right off of the 10 freeway, which is like, oh good, yeah, that's a great place to do a podcast. Super quiet. Um, okay, so Natalie Dreyer, who's Nancy in Stranger Things, um, she was the main character in this. Francesca Real had a role in it, and I know her as the sister from uh, Haters Back Off, the Miranda Sings Netflix show. So it's kind of fun to see her do something else. I really liked this movie. I thought it was like a really fun look at a complicated topic. It's about um, a super religious group of friends in like a Catholic school and then the main character kind of explores her sexuality and learns about masturbation. So it has some very like private moments that they explore but I thought they did everything very respectfully and it was a lot of fun without being like overly church bashing or something. I think they did a good job of being like calling out hypocrisy but not being too agenda-y. So I thought this was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Would recommend. My Octopus Teacher is a documentary that came out this September 2020 on Netflix. My wife and I loved it. Craig Foster is the man who is like the student of the octopus. Um, <laughs> so he was a journalist and he kind of got burnt out on journalism and he just kind of was having a bit of a mental break. He didn't feel like he was being a good father or husband and so he goes out to dive behind his house without any equipment like he's not scuba diving he's just kind of snorkeling and he explores the wildlife there this the marine life and the water is apparently like freezing but he said that after a year you adjust so um, I don't have that kind of patience but anyways this movie is incredible Incredible. Highly recommend. I've been telling my mom, my friends, you have to watch this. It's so beautiful. If you like photography, the underwater photography is stunningly beautiful and so unique. It was a lot of animals that you don't normally get to see photographed stunningly. And so the man who, Craig, who's photographing all this is also narrating the story. So he's not directing the documentary, but they use all of his photography from the under 
water <laughs> exploration. And he gets to know this octopus. And I really thought that I don't like watch a ton of documentaries, I guess, but I mostly have watched like historical documentaries. This did not feel like a documentary. It felt like a really engrossing narrative. I was so invested in it and it raised a lot of ethical dilemmas about like, do you get involved when you're a journalist? Like if an animal is being attacked and then, you know, I don't want to go into any spoilers, but I really thought that the important takeaway from this was that we're not like exploring the ocean as if it's some alien planet. It's our planet and we need to take care of the ocean and we're not taking care of it to do a favor to the fish. It's for all of us. We all live on this planet and we all need to treat the planet well and that we can learn from each other. Whether you're an octopus or a human or a seahorse, you have dignity and value and there's so much that we can learn from the planet and each other and also like it's not us observing the octopus under a microscope like the octopus is observing us and is enjoying getting to interact so I really enjoyed that uh, perspective on it as opposed to like look at these dumb animals you know so it was, it was just marvelously beautiful um, happiest season released November 20th uh, Clea Duvall wrote and directed this for K-Stew and Mackenzie Davis. They are the main characters in it. They're a couple who are going home for Christmas, and um, Mackenzie Davis is not out as gay to her family, and so she makes her girlfriend pretend to not be gay, just be her roommate while they are home for the holidays. Danielle Levy is in it, Allison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, a huge um, cast and I know I'm supposed to say this was incredible, but controversial opinion, I did not enjoy it. And I feel like other people didn't either, but a lot of people are, like I follow a lot of um, LGBT YouTubers, and I feel like everyone is saying, it was okay, but we have to say we really like it, so it'll give us more gay content. I'm like, no, you don't have to say that you like it so that we get more. Demand better movies. I'm really happy if you enjoyed this. I know there are some people who really genuinely loved it and it made them happy. I'm so happy for you, sincerely. Personally, it caused me a lot of stress. I did not enjoy watching it. I felt like very tense the whole time. I also felt like it was a real cop-out to be like, we're gonna make a gay movie, but how can we not make it gay the whole time so it'll be accepted by mainstream audience? Oh, let's have them back in the closet. So I, I just was not pleased with the hide in the closet, the entire movie premise because you don't really get to see the gay love story it just felt very like closeted and there was no joy and like I want to see a joyous even so like I would compare this to something like while you were sleeping which is another falling in love at Christmas kind of movie that is still a joyous movie like there's still humor and even in the midst of a character being in a coma they still are like having a nice dinner together as a family and wrapping presents and like there's just happy christmas stuff this was like i i don't want to go off on it because again if you enjoyed it i'm so happy i think my like biggest thing was five minutes into it the two white main leads, one of them is like, let's climb up on the roof and look at Christmas lights. And they climb on someone else's house and look at Christmas lights. And I'm like, only two white people would think that this was like an appropriate, like, 
oh yeah, let's just go climb up on someone else's home. Like you'll just start doing that. And so I was just not charmed by it. And I really did not enjoy the interactions between Kristen Stewart and her best friend in the movie, Daniel Levy. I just thought that he was like really stern with her the whole time. Like it didn't seem like he was that invested of a friend. So yeah, there was a lot I did not enjoy, but I want to move on because I want to talk about a happy or um, better LGBT coming out movie, which was Uncle Frank. This came out, I, I think I wrote down, oh, January of this year, 2020. It was written and directed by Alan Ball, who did American Beauty. This movie is so gorgeous, and I know that I just complained that Happiest Season was another coming out movie. However, I feel like this movie, Uncle Frank, being a coming out movie made sense because it's a period piece. It's set in the 70s. It's not set today. Like, we shouldn't in 2020 still have movies about closeted experiences as the only like every lgbt movie is a forbidden love like brokeback mountain which is a great movie but it's like carol like all these movies are you can't be together you have to hide your love because you're lgbt or somebody dies or um you know it's coming out which again love simon was an incredible movie but like can we have something other than coming out movies because i feel as a gay person that the only way mainstream slash straight audiences find LGBT content interesting is if it's about tragedy or coming out. Like we are more than the coming out process. And so that is where I'm coming from on this. That being said, Uncle Frank was just a beautiful movie where I was the entire time like so drawn into this world. They Oh, Margaret Martindale is in it, which if you watch BoJack Horseman, she always cracks me up. She's in that show too, um, as herself. And so it just, every time I see Margot Martindale, I think of BoJack Horseman. I loved, 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 loved the character of Wally in this. And again, I don't want to say too much because I just want you to watch Uncle Frank and enjoy it. But he is played by Peter MacDissey, who is the real life... Um, I don't use the word partner to describe my wife because she's my wife. That's what I call her. However, on Wikipedia, it says Alan Ball's partner, Peter MacDizzy. So I'm going to use partner. Um, so yeah, the director, writer cast his own partner or boyfriend or husband. I'm not sure if they're married or not. And that character was so warm and wonderful and delightful. And he's playing a Middle Eastern gay man in the 70s. And it was just this totally warm from the minute he shows up on screen I was like oh, I want that man to give me a big hug I just loved him so 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 much so I guess I felt like Uncle Frank was a more organic story where I was like again it's taking place in the 70s I understand why it was a coming out story but for me it was more than just Come, it was coming out in a lot of different ways. Like the main character is female and she's telling the story about her uncle Frank who's gay. But she kind of had to come out from her family. She's not the same as her family. She's not coming out as LGBT, but she's different from the family that she was raised in. And so there's a lot of different ways that you can experience otherness. And this movie was, again, just really, really one that I want to watch again and again. 
thought it was a beautiful movie and I was just captivated the entire time. Uh, the next thing I watched was the Gloria tapes, which is like something I had to watch for psychology class. Oh yeah. Hey, you guys, I just turned in my, um, uh, final assignment for the quarter. I finished my first quarter of grad school. Yay. I don't know if I, I think I said on this podcast, I'm going to grad school. I'm getting my master's in psychology. I'm going to be a therapist. So woo, what a, what a, what a dream. Uh, yeah, so I had to watch the Gloria tapes. It's about this real-life woman, Gloria, who gets filmed doing three different kinds of therapy. She does person or client-centered therapy with Carl Rogers. Um, she does gestalt therapy with Fritz Perl. And she does REBT, which is like Rational Emotive Behavioral Therapy, I think. I'm not sure I got that right. That's Albert Ellis. Uh, yeah, it's a really interesting, I, I don't think you would enjoy it, again, if you're, like, not really into psychology. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be for educational purposes. It's not, like, an engrossing movie, per se, but I put it on this list because it is an hour and 45 minutes, so it did feel like a full movie, and I'm also really excited to read Gloria's Daughter has a memoir. It's, like, living with the Gloria tapes. She talks about her mom's experience and what happened after the um, educational tapes came out. The It's actually called like Three Approaches to Psychotherapy or something. So it's just colloquially known as the Gloria tapes. Okay, next movie. We're moving into Christmas now. Uh, I watched Home Alone 2 a few nights ago, directed of course by Chris Columbus. 1992. Growing up, I did not own or had ever seen or heard that there was a Home Alone 1. I just had Home Alone 2, the VHS, and watched it all the time and loved it. And um, honestly didn't know it was a sequel. And so for me, it's the superior one. I have gone back and watched the first one in the last few years. But I, because I grew up with number two, uh, that's, that's Home Alone for me. I love this movie and I have to say it holds up so strong like I feel like sometimes I'm watching a movie and I'm like why did that just happen like there's no motivation or you're kind of like uh it's kind of meandering this movie sincerely has such a strong screenplay like it's so well written the little details they add in like there are so many things they do like even the um you know when uh, he's in the hotel room? I, this is not a spoiler, but <laughs> one of the traps Kevin has is like a blow-up um, man in a, like he puts it in the shower so it looks like it's a real man to trick Tim Curry working at the hotel. You see earlier in the movie when someone gives that to him as a gift and is like, oh, here's a blow-up clown from your aunt so-and-so. Like they set up all the little bits and traps so well. I thought this movie was still as wonderful as I remembered it. Of course, nostalgia is a heck of a drug, so I don't know if I watched it today for the first time. I do think I'd enjoy it, but definitely extra special if you grew up with it. Only thing that changed for me with time was the physical comedy at the end. Like, the last 30 minutes is really, really just uh, dangerous uh, prank. I don't know what you'd call that. He's booby-trapped the home and the criminals are trying to break in. 
I was like viscerally like in pain like watching it I was like oh gosh he got hit in the head with a brick like it wasn't as funny to me which I think means that I've grown up too much and I need to be a kid again but I just remember it being like fun and I will say the physical comedy of it was less fun for me like I was not like a brick to the head I was like oh my word that man has suffered a concussion so definitely I uh, need a little more joy of Christmas uh, speaking of joy of Christmas the last movie I've watched this year came out in 2015 and that is Krampus the tagline uh, on IMDb is a boy who has a bad Christmas accidentally summons a festive demon to his family home <laughs> is a more charming tagline than the actual movie which is like a horror film adam scott is married to tony collette in it and it is so fun and so weird and uh i've always wanted to watch this movie for october when i do my spooky movies but it like isn't free anywhere to stream so we rented it we paid to rent it finally we're like you know what it's christmas let's watch krampus and i was having so much fun i really really liked it i didn't enjoy the last half of it or the last third maybe i'll say I felt like the tone kind of shifted. Like I felt like they really got you invested in these characters and things don't go well for the characters. It's a horror film. So I don't know why they got us that invested in them. <laughs> that being said, it was a lot of fun and you know, we could all uh, use a little Krampus, I think to lighten up the holidays. Um, when my guinea pigs misbehave now, they they have these little puppy pee pads that like if they need to pee that they have them, but they like to eat it. And I'm like, if you keep eating that pee pad, Krampus is going to come. So as much as I'm a positive reinforcer, I think sometimes the fear of Krampus really, really does the job. Okay. And then I've been watching three. Oh no, four. Oh, I need to write that down. I've been watching four TV shows. The first one is my wife and I watched Pen15 which I really, really, really did not want to watch. I thought the trailers looked dumb as heck. It's two adult women playing like middle school fictionalized versions of themselves. I cannot tell you how good this show is. Like this is one of my top wrecks from the year. I enjoyed it so, so, so much. It's a little bit like if Bo Burnham's eighth grade was an entire TV show worth, but I'd say sillier than that. Like it was the most fun and I didn't have a typical middle school adolescence because I was homeschooled. So a lot of like what happens in middle school is fascinating to me because I didn't have that at all, which is probably why I'm experiencing angst now. But um, <laughs> the women, Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle are like, the two characters who play themselves. However, they also like write and direct. I, different people take turns with being involved in writing and directing, but they're like the main show creators as far as I know. It has two seasons. It started in 2019 and then a new season just released this year. And uh, I cannot wait for the next season. I enjoy this show so, so much. My wife and I were like, why was this not in our life earlier? It's so wonderful to see someone else's perspective because you get to see Maya's perspective more than Anna and Maya is 
um, Asian. And so there's a lot to do with her family feeling like she's different from the other kids, but only when it's like pointed out. Like she has the same experience, she has crushes, she, you know, has school assignments, like the same as everyone else. And then every once in a while there'll be an episode where people are like, oh my gosh, like you eat ramen for breakfast? Like these kinds of things that make you feel so insecure. But then she really loves her family and she comes from a mixed race family so there's just a lot of really interesting race dynamics that I think are handled really well and again this also talks about masturbation a little bit and like there's just topics that you don't normally see um even something like I know this is like cheesy to say I don't know how to phrase it female friendships I think are so powerful and beautiful actually I think all friendship is powerful and beautiful but being female and having primarily female friends I'd say I'm like so incredibly close with my girls and growing up it's always been like just so much of my support system and like more so than romantic relationships you're friends are there for you and I loved the way season one wrapped up um you know like just it was such a unique show um oh the new season of Killing Eve just came out but I've only watched one episode so I can't say much about it other than brilliant we're here for it yes um Lego Masters came out this year I think it was on Fox Will Arnett hosts my wife is really on a Lego kick right now so um, we had to watch this show and it was so cute. I enjoyed it a lot. I'd like to see more of it. I thought Will Arnett got a little annoying, which is unfortunate because I really like Will Arnett, but that self-deprecating kind of humor can only go so far. I, I don't know. I, I just, I think I'd like to see different hosts maybe. It was a lot of fun. It's not often that I watch reality TV other than RuPaul's Drag Race, so good wholesome fun. I will say though without spoiling anything that the winners are not the winners in my heart. There was a team I was strongly rooting for that should have won. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Are you, what are you guys watching? Oh yeah, one other thing. Oh, two other things. Number one, I'm watching um, Dickinson, which my wife is obsessed with. It's on Apple TV. Haley Steinfeld plays Emily Dickinson. And my wife loves, 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 loves this show. And I'm three episodes in and I don't know if I can make it much further. <laughs> is anyone else watching this? It's very like TikTok, Gen Z kind of music. Like Lizzo plays, which I love Lizzo, but it's a period piece. Like it's about Emily Dickinson time period. And they try to make it like very modern and current, which I get you're trying to reach a younger generation. It's not personally working for me. And also Haley Steinfeld is like too young in my mind as far as she's supposed to be having a romantic relationship. And I'm like, ugh, I don't want to see her kiss anybody. Like she's so young to me. And maybe I just know her from Pitch Perfect, but it's hard for me to watch um, which I don't know why. I just think of her as like this little kid sister. So maybe I need to get over that. She's a talented actress. It's not that. It's just, yeah. Okay, and the last thing I'm going to talk about today is, 
guys, if you have not seen this, you are missing out. There are 10 seasons of Ninjago. That's right, Lego Ninjago Masters of Spinjitzu. When I was, uh, the last nanny gig I ever had was summer of 2013, and the kids were watching this. Uh, it started in 2011, so it was on season two at the time, I guess, two or three, and I was like, okay, Saturday morning cartoons, this is cute, and then I started watching it, and I was like, this is mind-blowing. Like, the places that Ninjago goes are crazy. This show is so much fun, no matter your age, and I'm just... I'm so here for it. Zane is my favorite character, but I also love Sensei Wu. It is like, it's hard for me to say anything without spoiling anything, but there are so many different, like, who's the green ninja gonna be? Who's the samurai? Like, they introduce all these different mysteries, and it's always rewarding, and they have a lot of good messages without being, again, in-your-face agenda-y. But there's all this complicated, like, there's this main villain, Lord Garmadon, and his son is Lloyd Garmadon, and it's really complicated because the father doesn't want to be evil, but he can't help it, and I feel like it's this metaphor for addiction, and when you have this, like, absent parent who's not choosing their addiction over you, they just can't help it, and so I really think that would be comforting if you were a kid who had like again a parent who was an alcoholic or a parent who was just not really that involved and you were like I have to understand that it's a sickness for them and I know I'm like reading a lot into Ninjago but I was like sh I have to share this with my wife I remember it being incredible and she really loves Legos right now so we started watching it and of course she's blown away because ugh, it's everything you guys it's so good so we're on the second season now so we have a lot more to watch I'm so excited. I'm sure she's going to collect all of the Ninja Lego sets. Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm at. I think, let's see, today is December 23rd. I hope I get this up by tomorrow, Christmas Eve. We'll see. Uh, Christmas Eve, I always watch the Christmas Carol, the Scrooge story. I usually like to watch the Muppet one as it is the best. But we'll see. We like to switch it up every now and then. And then on Christmas Day, we're planning on watching Ben de la Creme and Jinx Monsoon Christmas special. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at. And of course, I love Good Mythical Morning on YouTube. So I'll be watching a lot of that. But yeah, that's where my year has been. I'm hoping to do a year wrap up, maybe at the end of the year, which makes sense, right? Okay, clearly my brain is screwed on right. Um, okay, you guys are wonderful. I hope you're having a happy, safe, beautiful, beautiful holiday season, whatever you are celebrating. I hope you are celebrating safe, and I hope that you know that you are loved and you are special, and um, <laughs> I love you guys. Okay, cool. So that's it for me. Now listen to some beautiful outro music from Britta Harella, my incredible friend, and go check out the description, check out her website, and um, that's all. Meow! Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs>